Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I hate that we started like that now. I, I just used to like say hello everyone, welcome back, but now you, we have to do the whole You you can do your own intro. It doesn't I, know, I said it but once. I like consistency. I, I said it once and then you just started copying it. It's not wasn't okay, like a if he, pre-written thing. <laughs> if you haven't guessed it yet, this is a podcast about two Irish Egypts <laughs> who give you their two Irish Egypt opinions. That see that that's my part. The two Irish Egypt opinions. I like that. It's fresh. It's nice. But anyway, um, Good my name is Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Daniel. Um, this is Owen. You well, what it do, chat? He he. That wasn't Owen. Actually, get get out, <laughs> Owen. Come here. Sit no, down. Play- All right, I'm, this is I'm, Owen. I'm playing the role. I'm practicing for Twitch. Alright, that's, oh, yeah. that's how you have to talk right. to Are we ready for the Twitch? Are we ready for the Twitch? Yeah, I'm ready to be a Twitch Twitcher. Twitcher? Twitcher? Okay. A Twitcher. A Twitch, <laughs> Twitch, Twitch streamer. Yeah. The intro has taken a very different route today. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about... I don't have much to say about this week's movie. So, I'm fully here just to talk poo. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah, like, um, you never do that. Anyway, um, <laughs> look, let's be friendly. How was your week on? Uh, it was good. Yeah, it's been the same as every other week for the last year. Yeah. No, it was nice. I got to um, catch up with some friends of mine who are stateside. I, I saw, I saw. In, Very good. I haven't spoken to them in, in quite a while, so that was nice. Um, yeah. Shout out to those People, yeah, I feel like you're about to insult them. And went, no, no, they're not those kind of friends. I better no, go the other way. They're nice people. I <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But that was that was that was nice. It was nice to to do that. Yeah, I yeah, that's kind of that's I guess that's it. That's, yeah, that's I, been, that's I, I'm really looking forward to like telling future generations about COVID. Just kind of, you don't know what it was like. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, personally, I've just been. Back to doing drawing a bit, um, thinking of doing projects, having a bit of freelancing work as a graphic designer. Please hire me. Um, you can't say that every week, all right? I can and I no, will. This is my you're not, occupation. I'm not, to, I, we're, I'm not a, this can't turn into you begging for work, okay? This is just a I just begging want something podcast. Something to do, I know, yeah, but we already like we already. We already beg for likes and comments at the end of every episode. Yeah. We don't Which we do also don't much. get, so why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we're today talking about The Rocketeer. Um, 1991 movie uh, produced by Disney. And it's a film that takes place in 1938. It, it takes place in the whole Pulp Fiction era. And... Look, we'll go into, um, you know, the people behind everything. So, director Joe Johnston, um, you might have heard of him before. Uh, he has done movies like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, Jumanji, your favourite movie of all time, Jurassic Park 3. You know? <laughs> the best of the Jurassic Parks, surely. Yeah. Even yes, if, if just for the talking velociraptor on an aeroplane scene. I mean, that's just... Peak cinema, in my opinion. Yeah, Alan, <laughs> Alan, <laughs> Alan, <laughs> and Captain America: The First Avenger. Yeah, he was yeah director strong, of that. Strong, strong shades of that in this one. Oh, uh, very much so. He also he, he also worked. He's also currently working even on a movie called Shrunk, which is a reboot of Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Mm. Um, uh, he's also working on Chronicles of Narnia. Um, the Silver Chair. I'm I'm not a Narnia fan, so I'm not sure if this is a big deal or not. But I, that's happening. Yeah, I I I wasn't a Narnia like C.S. Lewis books person. Yeah, more of a Tolkien boy. Yeah, I mean, I watched 
the old, the older, the old Narnia movies, a couple of them, mm. they were okay. They were fine. Are they all like part of the same continuity as long with the new ones as well? Or is this like a rebooted universe or I have no idea. I honestly have Grand. no idea. I know this is the second week in a row we've mentioned Joe Johnston. Yes, it is. Another thing about Joe Johnston, and you kind of um, lean towards it there. Uh, this film was apparently what um, you know convinced Disney to actually hire him for Captain America: The First Avenger in the first place, and that makes a lot of sense. Like, um, you know, it's not um, far out from that era. It has that sort of you know all American man feel, and kind of like Captain America: The First Avenger has a lot of that like. Pulp Fiction feel to it, like jumping mm. on trains and zip lining and all that kind of stuff. So, like this movie has a lot of the it's, same DNA. It, they're 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 very similar, like aesthetically as well. Yes, they are. They, they absolutely are. Yeah, quite same. The original comic writer, um, Dave Steven, um, he wrote the graphic novel of the same name. Uh, it first came out in 1982, and it was a homage to a lot of like Pulp Fiction. Uh, um, of the 1930s to 50s. In fact, he was in all but name prodigy of a character called Doc Strange. Have you ever heard Doc Strange? Doc Savage. Doc Savage, even. Why? Mm-hmm. See, not, Marvel has no, ruined not, my yeah, mind. Not, 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 doc, not Doctor <laughs> yeah. Strange. Not Have you Strange. heard of Doctor Strange? Yeah, I've never heard of him. Well, have you heard of Doc Savage? I have heard of Doc Savage, yes. Yes. So, so Doc Savage was like that, this all American man of like the 1930s. Uh, really weird backstory, honestly. Um, he was raised by a bunch of scientists who trained him in everything to become basically like an ubermensch sort of thing. And he was like the predecessor to the Rocketeer in all but name because David Stevens didn't have the rights to Doc Savage. So he, he described the characters in the comic and everything exactly like the characters from Doc savage but just didn't say their names and he handed like the jetpack to the next generation the rocketeer and that was in the movie they went look we're not going to go that far uh howard hughes is just going to be the new doc savage yeah cool nice Hmm. let's do that instead doc savage is like that's where indiana jones came from yeah 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 Yeah, exactly i don't mean he came from doc but like doc indiana jones is yeah heavily inspired yeah 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 doc savage yeah. He's just and a th- like <laughs> I think his whole thing was that he was just good at everything, right? He was like a yeah, I mean, polymath yeah, or whatever just, they call them. Well, yeah, so Doc's and um, Dent described Doc Savage as a mix of Sherlock Holmes' deductive abilities, yeah. Tarzan's outstanding physical abilities, Craig Kennedy's scientific education, and Abraham Lincoln's goodness, like his decency. Yeah, he was just, he just kindness. Was good at everything. He knew everything. He was about, raised by a bunch of yeah, scientists. He knew everything That's about the weird everything. Thing. His dad was yeah. like, oh, we're going to make sure you're going to be raised by a bunch of scientists. And they went, all right. Yeah. <laughs> they basically made him superhuman in that regard. <laughs> like, And I think they were going to make a Doc Savage TV show or something at one point or a movie and The Rock was supposed to play him. Oh, God, that's terrible. But yeah. that, 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 <laughs> I, I, that might have turned into the Jumanji reboot thing. Okay. Because that, that went through the mill then a few times. Didn't well, that? No, because... I'm just thinking because there, there's the, the Rock's character in that or the, the Avatar Dr. Hmm. Bravestone is his name. That's who he's yeah. like. Jumanji, he's not technically, he's not acting like Dr. Bravestone because it's a girl trapped yeah. in his, or whatever. But that's, yeah. he's very Doc Savage when I think about it. Yeah. There's a bit of that, yeah. There's two uh, writers and screen, so the writers wrote the story for the movie then they did the screenplay on it called Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo, which again was one of those things when I realized what they did beforehand. I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. The Flash, the original TV show from the 90s. Like, they they co-wrote that. And, yeah, again, you can see that in this as well. It's a very sort of 90s production of a 30s, 40s, 50s theme. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah. The Flash. Um, I, I've watched one or two episodes because I like the modern version. It, I mean, look, if it was there at the time and that's what I had, I probably would have loved it. Yeah. It aged for me now, to, not going to lie. <laughs> I guess how I feel about a lot of the older superhero sort of um, creations of the past. Like, I can respect it and I can really say, oh, I, I, I see what they did there. That must have been fun. But I couldn't watch them now. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, sorry. And yeah, Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeyer also 
they've worked together on just about every project and they did a whole bunch of video game stuff as well so there you go was one of those um, video game things uncharted by any chance <laughs> um I, I i saw big this i didn't check it but it's, it would make perfect sense wouldn't it just thematically <laughs> maybe yeah. it would seem it would seem maybe like something they possibly worked on yeah yeah definitely it's more older stuff um i think they've done a few james bond stuff um games and that kind of stuff yeah they uh, wrote goldeneye yeah medal of honor rising sun metro last light yeah so yeah, yeah, there's some good, good stuff there. Yeah. Good games there, to be fair to them. Yeah, yeah. At first, it's terrible because I shouldn't be like us. When I see like video game crowds, I went, "Oh, okay, they're kind of not that successful as writers." But there's a lot of good stuff there, and it, it, it should be treated with more respect than I gave it originally. <laughs> oh, they wrote um, the Five Bloods. Yes, um, I saw that's that the most recent to twenty twenty. I haven't Spike, watched it all. Spike Lee's latest movie. Yeah. Is it good? I wasn't mad about it. It was okay. Nice. Right. Okay, fair enough. A lot of people loved well, it though, so you know it, it was quite well received. Well, that's good. Uh, which this movie wasn't. I think it only made forty-five million from a thirty-five million budget. Which I know a lot of people hear. Oh, that means it did successfully because it made more than did. But usually, marketing and all that kind of stuff is kept out of yeah, original. Yeah, there's Hollywood. Yeah. Hollywood accounting. Yeah, you, you have there. to basically do double of what the original movie costs to make even, really. Yeah, yeah, if not yeah. more, depending on what kind of if not more, campaign yeah. they push out with it. Um, William Deere was involved as well, and I really put him down because he wrote some of like, the pure 90s, 90s stuff and late 80s. Uh, he, he wrote Harry and the Hendersons, um, Time Rider, All right, he's, and... Right. One, keep going. And angels in the outfield. He's three for three. Yeah, he's he's genuinely. It's just like, like wow, those are quintessential late eighties, <laughs> nineties things. But they're class. They're fucking you hits. Know? They're hits, man. This guy's yeah, batting yeah, one hundred. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I actually found like the writers and all really fascinating via power because you can see the DNA in a lot of this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But that doesn't stop there. And there's a lot of interesting things on the acting side. So we have Billy Campbell as Cliff, the main dude pilot man, um, who becomes the Rocketeer. Uh, He's mostly known for being once and again, but I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not going to even acknowledge once and again, because he was also in Star Trek The Next Generation (laughs) as Captain Thaddeum. And he kind of played this Han Solo-esque pilot that was helping like a bunch of royal family, these like a royal family couple, to like hide their love, and your face seems to be very. No, I'm I'm, st- I'm stuck on what the fuck is once and again. I don't know because I saw that, but then I realized, no wait, I know that face. Oh damn, he's in Star Trek um, Next Generation. I completely stop pretending <laughs> to care about the rest of this. Is it a TV show? It's a TV show. I think so. Yeah, he's been in a lot of TV shows. Nothing. I've really watched, to be honest with you, but he's prolific. You know, he has quite a list of credits in a lot of TV shows. But um, yeah, uh, there's a few other um, actors um, considered for this movie. Michael Keaton, Alec Baldwin, Robin Williams, Mel Gibson, Harrison Ford. Here's a connection. Go on. Once and again, it was created by Edward Zwick. Zwick, Zwick, who we know from... he. Wrote and directed The Last Samurai. Oh, there you go. Okay, okay. I knew I recognized his but, name. But yeah, uh, so there was a few actors involved. Um, it was considered for uh, Cliff. Those Michael Keaton, Alec Baldwin, Robert Williams, Mel Gibson, Harrison Ford, Ron Perlman, Tom Hanks, and honestly, you could see all of them. Maybe not Tom Hanks, because they see the rest of them as quite roguish characters. But I, I don't think of Tom Hanks this as a roguish was, character. This was like late eighties, early nineties. Tom Hanks. He was still doing yeah, like ninety one. He was still Hanks. doing like big and stuff at that stage. Yeah, he? he'd like. But even then, I don't think he has that roguish quality. No, he never had it. But like, it wasn't like yeah. there, he did a movie, like, then that would have made them say, yeah. "Yeah, he looks like he's good for." Hmm. I don't think this was like right before he did Toy Story. Hmm. I think he, yeah, yeah, it's an odd one. Um, but, but um, 
there were some other people auditioned as well. Emilio Estevez, Billy, Bill Paxton, Dennis Quaid, and Kurt Russell, who, look, I looked over that, and I think I've seen Kurt Russell being on a potential list for every single movie of the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I'm I, sorry. It keeps on coming up for every single one. He auditioned for this. He, he just yeah. auditioned for this. He didn't even make movies. He just auditioned for him. He's, he's Kurt Russell. <laughs> he's just like, yeah. yeah, I'll go out for this. Why not? I'm Kurt Russell. I yeah. might get it. You never know. Yeah. Um, Disney had a favorite. Um, they wanted uh, Johnny Depp, which, yeah, I, I don't know what to think about that. Would have been a very different choice. I yeah, think for it would this, have been for this role. Very. You could see. This was like this was Edward Scissorhands era Johnny Depp. Yeah, he wasn't. He would have been. Like, yeah, it would have been odd. Yeah, he would have been. He would have been a nice match, I think, with John, Jennifer Connelly. Though they have both that kind of spooky sort of. Quality Jennifer Connelly is like ethereal almost to look at. Yeah, she's just like a yeah. fucking siren. In in yeah, especially in this period of her career, she was just like, damn, look at her with her porcelain skin i think she might be a vampire but i'm okay with it yeah yeah she's had a bit that of back that. then yeah, he yeah. was doing his tim burtony stuff and doing what yeah. what's eating gilbert grape and all those movies where he was just weird and odd this was yeah. he hadn't he wasn't really like the leading hero of a f- superhero action movie franchise kind of johnny Depp yeah. back then no um just because we're on the star trek thing uh there's two more star trek people on this uh, you know the guy at the beginning who um, hit the jetpack in the plane and then was just like, ha, I blew up in the car, you'll never get it now. That guy. Did he play an alien in Star Trek? He did, how did you know? Because <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking of his face and he looks like yeah, he, he had the big forehead or something in Star Trek. He, he, yes, he played the Ferengi with the big ears and the big forehead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he, was, I, yeah. Um, he was Rom on DS9 and actually a really lovely, wonderful character. Um, also Tiny Ron uh, or Ronald Taylor as he was born um, the big tall guy with the weird mishmash face obviously the mishmash face was a mask uh, he basically played every tall guy in every movie at the time uh, he seemed like a very nice look um, they actually based the mask on um, someone called Rondo, Rondo Hayton who has showed up in a lot of B movies in the Pulp Fiction era so he played like you know the big gopher or the brute man or the creeper. He played the big scary fellas. And he was also not only in Star Trek Deep Space Nine for quite a time, he was also in Star Trek Voyager for another role, which happens in Star Trek a lot, as you can imagine, because they put lots of stuff in your face so you can play a few different roles. Sure. You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll go to Jennifer um, Connelly. Um, I mean, what's there to say about Jennifer Connelly that most people don't know uh, she's in beautiful minds she she was in the hulk which i somehow completely forgot about <laughs> she was in um Anita Ang, Ang, Lee's, Angel. Ang Lee's hulk right yeah 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 Not, yeah it's live so, yeah. tyler is in the Ed, edward norton one yeah exactly yeah and they're, they're a little bit different <laughs> yeah um, I, I, live live tyler has a voice that I um, that matches Jennifer Connelly's image. That's a very the ethereal thing again, yeah, isn't it? That's the, yeah, yeah. She was also in Lita Battle Angel, and she's currently Terrible in Snowpiercer, movie. the TV show, which is fantastic. I've been watching this every week when it's out, and she's going to be in the next Top Gun. Uh, for some reason, we're having another Top Gun movie. But what do you mean for some gonna... reason? It's because we I'm need sorry. another Top Gun, you peasant. We do not. We need, we that, really we not. need the overt homoeroticism of Air Force yeah. pilots to return to our screens, all right? And we need... That's what we need. We okay. need 60-year-old yeah. Tom Hanks, to, uh, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise to do it again. We need Tom Hanks to be in Top Gun. <laughs> now, that's someone I can see. <laughs> Just recast Tom we Cruise. We need... I want, I want current day Tom Hanks playing topless beach volleyball in Top Gun 2. That's what I want. <laughs> you just get him. He'll get back in his castaway I mean, the shape. dad bod's in these days, yeah, you know. go for it, man. Yeah. Look, if if they can CGI a six-pack onto Tom Cruise, they can do it for Tom Hanks. <laughs> CGI a um, six-pack anyway, Tom Cruise. How uh, dare you? 
I mean, definitely has been done, but never mind. <laughs> um, Alan Arkin is this, you know, from Little Miss Sunshine, Argo, with a lot less fake hair, because there's a lot of weird fake hair on him in this movie. He has like a fake mustache and like a fake wig. Uh, he plays um, PV, the engineer mechanic guy. Like, it just looks very wrong on him. Um, Timothy Dalton as Neville Sinclair. Um, you know, you know, I mean, James Bond, Hot Fuzz. One I didn't know, Toy Story. He played the hedgehog, Shakespearean actor. Um, oh, Toy Story 3? Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the, you know, the very, oh, I have, yeah, I'm yeah, actor. I'm a, one of the, yeah, that's the other, the new, yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Story, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. And then we went, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, there's uh, Paul Savino, who has been in every mobster movie forever for all time, including one of our favorites, uh, Goodfellas. Uh, he played Charlie in Goodfellas. Um, the best gangster movie ever yeah. made. I'm saying that um, like it's a a, a wild <coughs> statement. It's fairly it's well. Not. It's fair, pretty accepted, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you ask yeah, people, they're going to say, hey, it's, you know, some people are going to say The Godfather or The Godfather Part nah, 2. But nah. most people, I think, will be agreement that it's Goodfellas. Yeah, it's absolutely good for us. Um, we have um, the part played by Howard Hughes, which was really originally Doc Savage, is played by Terry O'Quinn, which we know as Locke from Lost, Stepfather, and he was in the Alias TV show. And I feel like I keep on saying, like, I've seen him in more things, but I've went for his IMDb, and I'm just like, no, like, apparently I don't know him in as many things as I do. No, I, I only know him from Lost, and it he looks yeah. he looks totally different as Howard Hughes in this movie. It it wasn't until about halfway through the movie, the first half spent every time he was on screen going, "I know this guy, what do yeah. I know him from?" And then I it it clicked suddenly. I was, "Oh, it's yeah. it's Locke from Lost." Yeah, yeah, what a guy. Hey, let's get on to our next section. <laughs> Right, so we see Cliff, he's a test pilot, and he's jumping into this plane um, that his team has been put together with PV in charge as head mechanic. And the, their whole job is, I think, to build planes and show off how good they are at flight shows, I think, so they can get contracts to sell them or like win competition. That's, that's basically um, where Cliff comes from, you know? He's a, yeah, he's a racing pilot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, he, he's racing this plane that they've worked on for now two or three years. It's a big deal. It's, it's amazing. And he's like, well, be careful because I'm a throttle and all this kind of stuff. And here's a fun fact. Uh, when he puts the chewing gum on to um, the back, um, that's, that's the kind of chewing gum that... Um, was considered lucky by pilots in real t life at the time. Like, it's an actual sort of real-life analogy. I don't know why, why Chungum would be lucky, but there you go. Yeah, I'm, wondering, and, you know, I'm just wondering what the reasoning... Why did they have a lucky <laughs> chewing gum brand? Why... Look, why is luck ever um, considered? <laughs> yeah, know, there, there, must, there has to be a yeah. story somewhere yeah. there. Like, there must be... One guy must have, like survived a fatal crash and yeah. he put attributed to the fact that he he air force pilot tom davidson only yeah. chews five gum yeah exactly as it's the <laughs> b-man's gum by the way and it's also referenced in a movie called the right stuff 1983 where chuck yeager asks his crewman friend for some b-man's before a flight it's just a thing pilots apparently do uh Chew gum, it's apparently. Maybe it's because, like, oh, this is what it's like to uh, move your jaws before we crash and have to have wires embedded into our jaws so we can't move them anymore. Possible. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's, that's actually it, where it's from, madly enough, you know? Yeah. I, I, can, I can see, though, that I can see, like, pulpy 30s, like, marketing posters that, like, the gum was probably sold as an Air Force, the, like... A pilot's yeah. choice kind of thing. You know, they had like... Our boys like, need some yeah, gum. like doctors. <laughs> doctors only smoke Marlboro cigarettes. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Like. And pilots only chew Beeman's gum. That's, yeah, I can picture it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, he goes up in the air. And while this is all happening, uh, the FBI is chasing down a bunch of mobsters. Uh, 
where one of the characters that Adric had mentioned um, are trying to get away and they're shooting miniguns at each other and it's a big old chase and they drive into the woods at one stage because that's what you do in car chases. Uh, <laughs> and eventually they get they lose them in the woods and they end up on the airstrip. Uh, meanwhile, we have uh, Cliff and the plane stop working. Um, and it's all because uh, Peeves took off the chewing gum off the plane. Did you notice that? I don't think I noticed anything in this opening scene. You didn't watch this? Okay, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, you you yeah, said they were in a forest there at one stage, and I kind of went, huh, were they? Yeah, they, they, they go off the road into the forest, and oh. the forest leads to the airstrip, and yeah. Uh, one of the mobsters is dead. Uh, the other mobster decides to hide um, the thing they were stealing inside an airplane, which ends up being the Rocketeer jetpack. And the cops come along, and the mobster had a plan to, like, blow up his own car um, by driving it into a fuel truck, which was clearly the most flammable, easily destroyed mm. yeah. <laughs> fuel truck in the history. I don't think he even hit it. I think it just came right up to him. He just <laughs> it tipped off it, and it blew up like an Acme carton from yeah. Looney Tunes or whatever. It just yeah. went like... Extremely highly pressurized container. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he gets carted off by the FBI. Cliff gets pissed off because, he, hey, are you going to pay for? Because the, the car and the plane crashed together at one stage and they're having this big talk. Hey, are you going to pay for this? And so, oh, well, you might get lucky if you send in a report to, um, you know, the US. And it's basically a joke saying, like, they're not going to get their money back on this. This is two, three years down the drain of everything they love doing. You know, um, and the FBI thinks, yeah, it's gone, and they, you know, we can start talking about other characters. Like they, they, the FBI goes to Howard Hughes. Um, Howard Hughes is just like, yeah, no, I'm not making any more jetpacks. Uh, people died making that jetpack, and you'll just use it for weapons, which is weird because real life Howard Hughes made car engines that were very easily turned into like airplane. Engines, including airplane engines, on the Japanese side during World War Two. Yeah, well, he <laughs> yeah. a lot of his money in the aeromotive. Aero, aeromotive is that a word? Aero, uh, aero engineering world, like yeah. making planes. He built them for the military. Yeah. He had like yeah, a, of a bunch yeah, of yeah. military contracts and stuff for the war, yeah, yeah. And things like that. So. Yeah. He and didn't care. Sides, the so. man was pissing in jars yeah. and stuff, man. He didn't know what was fucking right and wrong. He just yeah, liked exactly. he just really liked aeroplanes and geese, yeah. I think. No, no, you're thinking of um what's his face? Um of the pigeon. You thinking of the pigeon man? The pigeon man? Oh god, I feel so terrible. Um Tesla. Tesla loved pigeon. No, no, I'm I because Howard uses Air, his big airplane was called was named after it was called the Spruce Goose or something, wasn't it? Oh right, okay. That's okay. Fair enough. I mean, look, yeah. geese can fly, so that was like I guess his, that makes sense. It was it was. Uh, it, Howard Hughes. I don't think it worked because he couldn't get it off the ground. It was like a oh. gigantic airplane that he wanted to like. Do you? Know- <laughs> Do I don't know, know he wanted people thing? to live in it, I think. But he couldn't get it. You know he flew w- for like five feet or something. <laughs> Do you know the worst re- thing is how I know about that, what you're talking about? Because the Simpsons did an episode of that where Mr. Burns did the same thing. He designed a yeah. giant airplane when he became like an, like stayed at home and wouldn't go outside and told Smithers to climb into the model of the airplane. That was, yeah. <laughs> Great that, that, was yeah. Howard, that was Mr. Burns being Howard Hughes. For that Howard thing. Hughes, yeah. Just a, okay. in, an insane recluse who really liked airplanes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which, by um, the way, if anyone hasn't seen um, Martin Scorsese's The Aviator, which is oh, Leonardo yes. DiCaprio playing Howard Hughes and it's all about his life, it's an incredible film. And I yes, highly is. recommend it. It's really good. Yes. It's very good stuff. Also, has like Nazi stuff in it, and if you like watching someone beat up Nazis, yeah, and it's, it's also Nazis. it's it. They move through like the different eras of like yeah. Howard Hughes' life, and Scorsese shot each. So mm-hmm. during like the twenties, all of the scenes there are shot on the same like film cameras and to the same aspect ratios and color tones and everything mm-hmm. as they would have shot films in the twenties. And then you can see yeah. the switch to like Technicolor when they move to like the forties yeah. and stuff, and it's it's really cool. It's it's really impressive, yeah. I, I love when people kind of go experimental like that. 
Like they really try to capture something in the detail as well. That's that's the big thing for me. Um, like even when I'm like thinking of like doing Doctor Who edits and I do Doctor Who as, as a bit of fun, I always like matching it to the era it's from rather than trying to update it to now. It just doesn't feel right doing it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, sorry, a bit of a tangent there. Um, and to be fair, me being a Doctor Who fan the way I am, this is the least amount of tangents I've gone on from Doctor Who. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, in that time, Cliff and PV um, find the jetpack inside the plane, and uh, they look at it and they they look at it. It's like, oh, what's this? And they click a button and it flies all around the place. It's clearly extremely, extremely dangerous in every way imaginable. It is not safe. Um, and they'd say, oh, all it needs is alcohol um, to fuel it. And I was just like, ha, 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 same. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he decides, Cliff decides to put it on because of course he would, you know, because he can fly anything even was a matchbox of wings. Yes. Even though, even though the, jetpack the jetpack has no wings. Very, very <laughs> clearly has does not have wings. But yeah. you know. That's he's a yeah, cocky no. pilot, man. He, you know, yeah, yeah. He can go for it. Yeah. And would you keep it if you found a jetpack in a shed that functioned? Oh, you know, I'd probably keep it, but I probably wouldn't use it. I'd be a bit I, too chicken chest. I, I'd probably be t- yeah, I think I'd be too timid <laughs> to actually, like, strap it to my back and yeah. try and fly or something, unless I had was full of drink. But, like... <laughs> You'd be dead instantly. Oh, I'd die straight away. Like, that's the thing. But, like, I wonder... Yeah, like, so the modern equivalent would be, I guess, if we found, like, a Tesla jetpack yeah. in, in a barn somewhere or something, you know? Or just, oh. like... I don't know, in a parking lot or something. We just yeah. found it. <laughs> property of oh, Elon yeah. Musk. Like, would you keep you know, it? I wouldn't trust Elon Musk. Can I just I say, I, I, can I just say, I hate how accurate you captured the modern equivalent of that. Like, well, that's, Howard he, Hughes. <laughs> that's what he is. He's, you know, yeah. he's today's yeah. stupid, eccentric billionaire. But, yeah. but Elon Musk is so, is so aware of the stereotype of crazy rich person that he just like actively tries to fulfill it a lot of the time yeah do you know what i mean like yeah. the whole making flamethrower shit he just watched the hank scorpio episode of the simpsons and thought yeah. i can do that i'm rich it's not even a good flamethrower to be honest no you I could mean, do the same with, you could probably just get like a fucking deodorant and a magic at the same reach yeah. uh, don't do that kids that's very dangerous and probably will blow your hands up even though it's really cool um <laughs> <laughs> but, play, yeah. with, play with fire, children. It's this week's moral. <laughs> yeah, look, it's a 1930s movie, of course. <laughs> Little Billy, play with matches. Ah, firecrackers, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like the FBI and everyone thinks the um, jetpack is gone, and uh, PV and uh, Cliff go and find a jetpack and uh, find a statue to use the jetpack on, even though I could literally use like sandbags or anything really. And instantly the jetpack turns into a dangerous weapon with a statue attached to this time and flies all over the place and hijinks. And look, we'll go forward anyway. We won't stick too long on the origins because it's not much of an origins. That's the rest of the movie though. Hijinks yeah. ensue, to be honest. <laughs> what happens yeah, look, when a fucking idiot gets a jetpack? Well, yeah. here it is. The rocketeer happens. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jennifer Connelly is obviously in this movie and she's the girlfriend called Jenny. They were very creative that one. It was named after someone else um but they were real life equivalent and they said please don't use my name in this movie and they went okay betty something but that's something else out here um they're in this betty white no it wasn't wasn't betty white (laughs) (laughs) who do i know i mean famous betty (laughs) yeah um like he's brought her out on a date again to um a rest like cafe that looks like a, a dog (sighs) <sighs> the yeah it's the worst looking cafe i've ever seen yeah. in my life i think it's literally we don't yeah. it's not like we're saying it kind of looks like a dog it's literally a giant pug statue with a cafe yeah. inside the bottom of it do you, do you want to know the worst part uh it was 
there was actually a real one originally that got destroyed and they rebuilt it for the film and now it still exists. Why did the first one get destroyed? I think there was... I'm not sure. I think there was actually some storm or something that broke it apart. God decided, no. Yeah, I didn't... (laughs) If it was like a tragedy, I don't want to be like, fucking thank fuck. But I do. Fuck that cafe. Right? (laughs) Yeah. Fuck the building, not the people of it. Burn in hell. (laughs) But um, actually, a lot of weird stuff happened in this as well. Um... The plane he flew at the beginning of the movie was actually a replica of an original plane as well that they rebuilt, and it's now in an aerospace, not an aerospace, not the space, an aero museum. <laughs> That's what we'll call it, aero engineering museum. Um, as being a replica from the time. I know there's a word here that we're just missing. Like there's a yeah, there's a term like air. It's not it's hey, aero. Hey, hey, it's fine. It's fine. Aer- we'll put it in the title. Not aeronautical. That's what <laughs> I, I can't. Is aerospace, this? aerotech. Aero, aeroplane, <laughs> aeroplane museum. Yeah, We've sure. Why not? Why it's not? The airplane. There it is. Yes. <laughs> Aerosmith. Yeah, um, Aerosmith. Yeah. Keep your keep Based your brain. The... Keep your brain on that one. Remember, I said Aerosmith. Okay, we'll keep it on that For one later. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, a lot of fun fact. A lot of the like locations and props and everything that um basically the guy who wrote the original comic had all the source material for all the comics all the reference shots and everything that and he just gave it to the production crew and they went all right we'll just build this exactly how it is they just because it was so densely done already they went there's no point in us recreating this we'll just use your notes and i guess that's where the weird dog thing came from Um, a lot of time i guess yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, we find out that his um, Jenny is an actress, uh, like Jennifer Connelly is. She's, um, a, she's a wannabe actress. I she's a wannabe actress. Stage. Yeah, yeah. She's not like famous or anything. Yeah. Which which um, <laughs> which Billy constantly shits on her for as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, you have a talking line. He's such yeah. an asshole to her for most of the movie. Yeah. He's very much yeah. like my dream. My pipe dream to be a f- super famous racing pilot is totally fine, and you need to support me in that and come to my races and watch me almost <laughs> die every week. But you want to be a fucking actress, Jenny? <laughs> yeah. You have you've had like a non-speaking role in a side B movie from like <laughs> shut up, Jenny, you woman. Yeah, um, there's a lot of that. Um, it's actually also how the linchpin of this movie exists because. This is how we meet Timothy Dalton's Neville Sinclair, who is a Nazi sympathizer, but also actor um, on a production where she is on. And uh, it's there's some interesting things about this. Um, it's believed that um, Neville Sinclair was based on a guy called Errol Flynn. Yeah, he was an actor at mm-hmm. the time, and. Supposedly, Nazi sympathizers based on a book. Um, but who's to say if that was true or not? But that's that's what the idea was here anyway, to have a Nazi sympathizer actor. And yeah, so look, this is after one of their arguments. Uh, Jenny goes to work and the princess or whatever um, in the film is being played by um, the director's niece. She's doing a crap job. And eventually... Sinclair kind of sees her and goes, oh, she is very attractive. <laughs> Jenny is a very attractive woman, which I know it's it's not the weirdest thing. Um, it is weird. Um, like she's 21. He's 35 at the time, I believe, in like actors' ages. Was it, was Timothy Dalton, or was he 45? Timothy Dalton himself? Yes. Or the character of Neville Sinclair. Timothy Dalton at the time, because we had this discussion about it. Timothy Dalton was born in 1946. 1946. So he was... And this was... 47, 40, 40, 45. Yeah, 45. So, um, I mean, look, maybe he was younger in the movie, all that kind of stuff, but kind of felt a little uh, bit weird. He is Hollywood's third highest grossing box office star, <coughs> Neville Sinclair, so... yeah. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they, 
they have some kissing scenes and you can obviously see Claire's trying to take her for his own and win her over and all this kind of stuff. And we get a few scenes um, where we see Sinclair is with the mob. The mob has been hired by the Nazis through Sinclair to find this jetpack. And they realize that the jetpack's back when Cliff goes up to save one of his friends who um, was a vet, I believe. And he seemed a bit adult-minded, you know, some post-traumatic stress. And he decided to fly up there to save uh, Cliff's job, basically. And the plane was not working. It was failing. And as Cliff went up there as a rocketeer, uh, he got knocked unconscious by, I think, the steering wheel popping up or something along the lines of that. Yeah, I think because Cliff, like, shoots through the bottom of his plane and his head yeah. just pops up through the floor of the plane, like, between this man's, his name Michael or something? Between his marshal, something like that, between his legs. And he, like, yeah. freaks out and rips the steering wheel off of the front of the plane. And then, I don't know, did he did he just pass out? Yeah, he passed out. He was just knocked out the whole time until he got to the ground. Yeah, yeah but, like, it was it like a... Blunt force, like yeah, I think I think it was like the steering wheel knocked him out. Like, yeah, did he just faint from the shock? I saw metal things flying to his head, so I assume they did that. I don't know. There's a lot of like harmless um, putting people unconscious in this movie. Uh, Jenny especially knocks out so many people with like vases to the back of the head or a wrench or whatever. There's there's just constant knocking out, which again was a very much a trope at the time. Um, Yeah, like knocked out from the back. People are bulletproof. But they can get, yeah. you know, they can be hurt when the scene requires it of them. Yeah, like even the jetpack. Yeah, concussions didn't exist back even then. Even the jetpack is like <laughs> indestructible at first, but then uh, yeah. conveniently it gets shot by a bullet. Yeah, which through luck needs a little bit of chewing gum to keep it sealed, because that's that's all it that's takes. The thing, uh, day, yeah. day old chewed chewing gum. Yeah, I think that's where the whole. Um, Ghost in the Machine is meant to come from, really. It's like, that little bit is him to this perfect machine. I don't know. I th- I, I got a little bit like that. A bit of the look, a bit of the quality of Cliff was kind of put to this machine because of that chewing gum. Yeah, maybe. I personally yeah. didn't see any qualities in Cliff. <laughs> personally, I didn't see any qualities in this movie. <laughs> no, the movie's not. The movie's not bad. I kind of like. I like yeah. some of it. I just. I didn't. Cliff. Yeah. I. I think I can see why the studio did not want Bill, Billy Campbell to be cast as the lead in this movie. Yeah, he's not great. Like, <laughs> there's not much to him, is there? No, it's a little bit flat. Yeah, he's all right. He's... Like he, if he played like. A buddy or a side character could be perfectly fine. Work, yeah, work. He just, but he just didn't have the presence for me to like star quality. To I guess you something. Know? Yeah, he's. I don't know. Especially um, not when he's I mean, like put up with Timothy Dalton and Jennifer Connelly yeah. and stuff. Like it's like, yeah. Maybe you should have just cast Harrison Ford, like or something. Yeah. Or something. I mean, it would have made sense. It's exactly what Han Solo is, pretty much. Yeah, you know. He, yeah, he's very <laughs> this much roguish. He's going, for, he's going for that a lot, yeah. I think, yeah. But yeah, we see him flying around a lot. What did you think of the flying effects? I, I uh, d- Today, they look terrible. Yeah. But like, for 1991, they probably looked pretty damn good. Yeah. When this came out, you know. I can imagine yeah. that probably would have been something that people praised about this when, it, yeah. you know, anyone who did yeah. <laughs> see it, <laughs> any of the yeah. 10 people who saw it. Yeah. But like, and I think this, this was the before green screen and blue screen kind of stuff. I know how they did it. Um, I'm not sure what the name of it is, but I've, I like early Star Trek used the same sort of effect. That's what you, or Star Wars even, where you see those kind of little white outlines to it mm. because they shown different lights and then taken the frames and overlaps the frames on top of each other too. You're this filming yeah, like it person. Looked, I don't know why I'm explaining this. It, it looks a lot... <laughs> it looks better in some... Well, I think, honestly, in some scenes, it's just practical. He's just being yeah. pulled around the place on a wire, and that's all in yeah. camera. Then it does in... Like, the scene where he's act, actually flying around trying to save the guy in the airplane. Yeah. That's clearly, like... Yeah. I trickery. think it's the matching of lighting <laughs> that's the problem there. Like, they, it's just, it, it's yeah, it just very doesn't, hard like to it match pr- the it, looked, it definitely would have looked great at the time, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's pretty dated yeah. looking now at this stage. But it, here, here is an interesting 
thing. Uh, Disney created a new type of camera uh, for those scenes. So you you know, obviously, of the Steadicam. You know, camera that steadies itself to get a clean image. Disney invented the opposite. <laughs> they invented the shaky cam for when those accelerated moments um, happened. There was an extra bit of shake that was filmed at the time. That yeah. seems like a waste of money. Yet they did it. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. All um, right. Nice one. Disney, thanks for that gift yeah. to cinema. Um, it was used in scenes um, inside the Zeppelin um, to like give the impression of the powers of the engines. So like when the Zeppelin is like shaking and all that kind of stuff, that's meant to like give the shaky effect where really they could have just had the cameraman go like just 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 shove the cameraman like like, (laughs) just hold the camera in your hand it's gonna shake a little yeah yeah that's true too yeah (laughs) there's a lots of ways to do it but apparently maybe they just want a consistent one yeah they thought they were Stanley Kubrick and they said fuck this shit yeah we need to invent a camera yeah (laughs) um and here's the best part you're gonna love this um when the movie went to video uh, the effect didn't really come off too well, uh, so they studied it. They, like, they in post, <laughs> they they uh, yeah. they stabilized. The sh- <laughs> <sighs> I, I mean, yeah. Well, I, uh, I get, all I can say is, what a fucking waste of money. <laughs> this movie might have made a profit if they hadn't bothered with that shit. Do you know the worst thing is? I think there's probably some. Technician engineer who was so proud of invented the shake kind of thing. Yes, this is brilliant. This is such he he never just an engineer has never been on set to understand how it's done. <laughs> just designing them says, Oh my god, this is why has no one else done this? I'm a genius. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Like what how can it like experienced filmmakers have not just been like, <laughs> no, we'll just fucking shoot it. Why don't hey cameraman yeah. Dave just hold the camera in your hands for this shot? We want it to be kind of shaky, or yeah. you know, hey, why don't we just like because we're shooting this on a on a set somewhere in in Burbank? Like why don't we just shake the set a little bit? <laughs> like why don't we put that in this sh- like make the set yeah, that yeah, we're yeah. using for the blimp shake? Yeah. <laughs> like they could have yeah. done anything. No, no, we, we need a new we need a new camera that shakes. And what purpose is this going to have in the future? It's a camera that shakes. There's countless uses for it. Yeah. For example, when you want to shake a picture, okay, what else? Uh... Um, yeah, that's that's one I'll get back to you on the other 99. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I bet you it was like I bet you it was some guy who used to watch like the original Star Trek and saw like people like shaking all over their consoles and went, they didn't have to do that if we just had my they shake. They could have done so much simpler. With my new shaky cam. <laughs> Which still wouldn't have looked good, because everyone would be just standing, standing still, and the whole frame would just be yeah. shaking instead. Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, uh, so when he saves his friend from the air show, obviously, like, the Nazis and the FBI find out. And, you know, we get this entire... Um, we get the reveal that Sinclair has been dealing with the Nazis. Um the mob doesn't take it well. And your favorite moment of the movie, I think. I, I'm, uh, I'm so happy because I, I called it in a, like a freak, like, this is what's going to happen in yeah, this movie. Yeah, go on. Describe the scene. Because I just, I just had a feeling, because this, so the, the, the mob boss guy who um, Neville Sinclair has hired to get the Eddie Valentine. From, Eddie Valentine. They never really portrayed him as like, a bad guy he seemed to be he was just like he was he was doing what he was paid to do but he didn't seem like he was like he he wasn't particularly willing to like hurt anybody or like he was a playful mobster he was just a mobster he just he was being paid to do a job and that was it and he kind of butted heads with neville sinclair a lot in that like you could tell he didn't like him and he was just doing it for all the money and i just had this feeling i was like there's no way this guy is going to be down with neville sinclair being a nazi it's, yeah. it's just not going to happen. There's no way. And yeah. I said it like half a through. I was like, nailed on. I like, they're going to, this guy is going to switch sides at the end and he's going to be like, I don't, I don't, I'm not cool. I might be a criminal, but I'm not a Nazi, you motherfucker. 
And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Neville Sinclair is... It reminds me of that scene... Um, <laughs> it reminds me of that scene from um, one of the older comics, I think from the Golden Age, where it turns out like Red Skull and the Joker were working together with a cross-universe thing. And the Joker finds out that he's... Um, Red Skull is a Nazi. Said, "Wait a second, I might be an insane <laughs> maniac, but I ain't no Nazi. Get him, boys!" <laughs> it's like, yes, it's a, that's exactly that's exactly what it is. Like your man, the mobster turns around after ne- Neville is like revealed to be a Nazi, and he's working whatever he's working for Hitler. <laughs> Eddie Valentine just looks at him and says, "Wait, is this true? You're a Nazi." And Neville Sinclair is like, yeah, what does it matter? I'm paying you or whatever he says. <laughs> Your man's like, yeah. no, I'm, I might be a criminal, but I'm 100% American. And I don't yeah. fly with that Nazi shit. Get no. him, boy. Get him, boy. It's, <laughs> it's just a it's really good stuff. And him, he like, there's a, a small moment in it where he, the Eddie Valentine and the FBI the US government like realized they're on the same side now fighting yeah. against the Nazis and they kind of <laughs> mini guns going yeah, on and they just kind of look at each other briefly and they're just kind of nod at each other like just for this moment we'll team up to fight the Nazis <laughs> <It's Yeah. great. laughs> really it's really great great stuff um yeah so uh Sinclair uh takes Jenny up into a blimp, the Luxembourg I believe it's called and there is this big fight at first uh where Cliff fights um uh, Tiny Run's um, character and um, I think it was Lothar or a good old boy and they have a yeah, fight L- and Luthor, yeah something something like that yeah yeah and eventually he knocks them off and all this kind of stuff and you know we get this whole fight in it and it turns out that oh you know he's going to peel the chewing gum off the uh, liquid fuel on the jetpack and basically blow the entire thing off up at some stage jenny decides that i'm going to use a flare to shoot people with inside a blimp um yeah. <laughs> but yeah all this is all this is happening um and we get um an altercation at the end when they're escaping on top of the blimp with um neville sinclair versus cliff and there's a great moment in this that i only realized back where um cliff goes ha no stuntmen around to help you out now. And Neville's going, ha, well, I do my own stunts, which is a reference to him being James Bond and the only James Bond who did all his own stunts. Mm. And it's just like, oh, I love that. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah, but, you know, uh, they blow up the blimp and they're saved by, I believe, like the FBI and PV by the plane or something along the line. I'm not sure who saved them. Howard, Someone saved them. Howard Hughes them. in a, like, oh, a, a helicopter. Hughes. Oh, yeah, the... The American here, the good guy, yeah. yes. Howard Hughes shows up in like a weird little like pedal copter thing. Yeah. Just, they all jump yeah. into it and he flies away with them. Yeah. I think that's it. And you know, it, we get the nice cheesies. They lost the plane and they were all sad. And here, co- uh, uh, it's the end of the day and Howard Hughes arrives in a little plane and says, oh, and Cliff's like, oh my God, this plane's amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And of course, Howard Hughes brought it for him and they have this weird scene. It's like, I didn't even thank Howard Hughes. Kid, he saw the smile on your face. Like, who who are they making Howard Hughes out to be? <laughs> like, seriously. This, one, this yeah. must be from the remaining Doc Savage thing. He's, it has yeah, to be. Howard Hughes in yeah. this is like this, like, otherworldly... He's played as being, like, a super, like, morally sound, like, yeah. just iconic... He just happens to make airplanes, but he's like also the nicest man in the world, and he's like a philanthropic billionaire type kind yeah. of thing. And he's an like, American yeah. hero as well. All that tumbling, and I honestly think they, it must have just been from the original Doc Savage thing. It could have been, yeah. Up. And it's might like that when this is set in like the thirties. This was probably yeah. pre Howard Hughes. His brain falling his out in, his ass. Jars, kind of yes. Like, so. um, Nineteen thirty-eight was the movie. Yeah. Setting, yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, and you know, happily ever after, he gets a new plane, he can do stunt shows, and we'll go on to the next section. Okay. What was your oh, Jesus moment? Um, um, I was gonna say it was the like the clown plane flying bit, to be honest, yeah, because yeah. it came so <laughs> we were both kind of like, why, why is this guy, why is he dressed as a clown? Because I think we yeah. we, we kind of it's supposed to be like a flying circus type thing. That yeah, at. it's like an air show, but 
with clowns. Almost like the stuff. rodeo sort of stuff where you just have yeah, like but basically it's, meant to be drunks that take over the plane and do wacky shit. Like, yeah, you know? it was just kind of odd though. But I don't know, maybe a Jesus moment like for something that I actually thought was that I really enjoyed was when um Jenny has been kidnapped by Neville Sinclair and he's trying yeah. to like seduce her into yeah. um like you know, sleeping with him and becoming a Nazi or whatever. I don't know. She doesn't know he's a yeah. Nazi yet, but like, uh, and he's like, he's pulling all these moves on her, trying to like seduce yeah. her. And he keeps like reading out lines and she like, he gives her these big, like poetic, like, yeah. you are the moon across my ocean, darling. And, yeah. all this. and she's just like, oh, you, you said that to Carol Baldwin in 1928's fly me to the moon kind of thing. Yeah. And he does she's it like a, three times. Cause she's yeah. like, she's, you, it's the first, kind of moment in the movie where she's always kind of shown as kind of like a strong person but like yeah she actually gets a bit of like a yeah i'm like i'm this whole hollywood thing is not just a pipe dream like yeah. i i'm really into this shit i know movies and i'm quite smart and i'm yeah. an intelligent woman kind of. i just thought i was just well and, done and timothy dalton and plays it really. yeah yeah he plays I love the really authenticity well, thing in it because that's the big thing that she went. There's nothing authentic about you. Yeah, and you could tell, you know, like she she pegged yeah. it. I think from almost from the start, she was yeah. a bit kind of like bleary eyed in meeting Neville Sinclair at yeah. first, but very quickly she was kind of like, "This guy's yeah. full of shit. There's something. Yeah. Something's up with him." Kind of thing. I just I thought that yeah. was a nice scene. My one is is it's again a Jenny scene, and it's a, it's it's more of a what, and it's it's she's staying in this place that's ran by a woman where girls can rent rooms it, it was a very common thing back then right and she sees her boyfriend and he's coming up and he, she says oh your boyfriend's here and she's putting her lipstick on and she <laughs> kisses or puts her finger onto the picture frame of them together and that's just probably like you're about to see him. He's downstairs. He's, he, yeah. He's not away like, in the war him. or something. Like, yeah. He's downstairs yeah. right now. You like, can just see we, him. We didn't need the imagery <laughs> to say, did you know these, they're a couple and she likes them? Like, plus, equal, like, yeah, I, plus we already had that because he keeps a photo of her in his pl in the cockpit when he flies planes. Yeah. As like, she's and even like the place his, is on fire, like yeah. she, he still saves She's like, like his yeah, good yeah. luck charm. The photo of her yeah. that she has signed for him yeah. or whatever is the only thing he saves from the plane. Yeah. And, stuff. So we, and in we, fact, we, they hunt him. They hunt him down that way because they, when the mobs is looking for him, yeah. they see the big heart of their names together, and they went, "Oh, what? That's on the photo!" Like, yeah, and they, know, they they see a photo of them hanging on the yeah. wall in the the pilot's cafe. That's how they know yeah, who yeah. Cliff is. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, all to be honest. Looking back at that scene, that seemed a little bit fucking um, force fed, wasn't it? Oh, it's just there's this picture just, and this carving and this phone. Yeah, it's just that one <laughs> shot though. It was like it yeah. was like they shot. They just took that shot of her doing that to a photo for the trailer or something. Yeah, so they could stick yeah, it in and add, like make it seem like it's something mm. else is happening and he's like in trouble or yeah. whatever. But yeah, yeah. A just a little add-on by the way. Maybe not the best section for it. There is actually a sequel to this movie. Um, that's made by Disney and it came out in 2020 on 2019 it's a TV show and it? it's a TV show it's for Disney now or Disney like for kids it's a kids, kids, kids yeah. EG and this um, I think it's one of those things that, um, the girl in it who's the, who's the rocketeer uh, gets given like the helmet of the original rocketeer and her grandfather recognises him and well I got to make you a suit now like you're going to be a hero and it's like the writers and everything, like, they consider it a true sequel to this movie Billy, and the comics. Billy Campbell is in it too, isn't he? I think he, he plays the grandfather, doesn't he, or something? I'm not he sure. doesn't I play the same role. I, I don't yeah. think he plays the same role, I think but he's in it, he though, is. But... Yeah, which is lovely. I, I like that there was a bit of a sequel, and I like that Disney sometimes does see kids sequels to movies that weren't really for kids originally. I don't know. There's something charming about that. I think, um, personally, anyway. Um, but yeah, um, let's go on to our final section. Yes, Mr. Frodo. It's over now. I mean, we'll make it easy. Did you like the movie? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, I liked I liked elements of it, I think. It's quite it's quite fun, a little bit cheesy at times. Um mm. it's a it's a superhero movie. It has it follows it all absolutely of the, like, is. the the building blocks and the plot structures that we are now very familiar with. As yeah, when it comes MCU to like, has got a lot from it. 
It did. Yeah, it's but like even just the general, it's it's your like typical superhero origin like first movie kind yeah. of thing. It's like the tale of there's shades of like I don't know. I mean it's like <laughs> it's like a weird AU where like Tony Stark built the Iron Man suit and then like got Johnny Storm to fly it for him or something. Yeah. Like Tony I mean you know, you Howard Hughes is is Tony Stark. Yeah. Who built like? Yeah, it could be thing, uh, it could be Howard Stark. Literally, yeah, it could have been Howard you know, Stark. It's, it's, there's there's yeah. element. There's a bit of that to it. So yeah, and I to mean, be honest, if they if if they incorporate that into the MCU, I'd be like, yeah, cool, sounds fine. Like, why not? You know, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> be like, a weird one, but sure, um, we're not. Whatever. I I don't know if I don't think there's really anything about this movie that's going to kind of stick with me or anything. I'm not no. like I'm not going to be shouting the Rocketeer's praises to the rooftops now, right? No. But it's a nice little movie. It's fine. If you have a bit of time, if it's on TV. It's on Disney Plus, so you can just stick it on in the background and mosey your way through it. Well, I meant to ask, like, at the top, though, because you said this was a nostalgia pick for you. Like, did you see this as a kid? I I think I've seen this a couple of times as a kid. I'm going to be honest with you. I think bar for the action scenes and him flying around in the sky and that kind of stuff, I don't remember much of the love subplot, or I didn't even remember um, Timothy Dalton being in this, but it was definitely a movie I used to watch as a kid a lot. I think I watched the German version of it as well. That would make sense, considering yeah. you were in German. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've, I, th- I think I think RTE at the time, and for people who don't know RTE, RTE is um, a local TV channel, RTE. One, I think it was an RT one actually. Local and well, it's, it's kind of local. It's Ireland's national television broadcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is for some reason. Which I suppose we're um, so it's, it's like a local news station. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the, the world's big, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I, I think it definitely wasn't. I think I remember a lot of the like the suit and the hijinks and the comedy, and that's why I'm saying MCU more because. Like it wasn't afraid to take the piss out of itself, much like the MCU isn't afraid to take the piss out of itself. Mm-hmm. Whereas I find a lot of other superhero movies still they they're adopting it now, but they're still a little bit more hesitant than MCU is. And I think that's where a lot of like especially Captain America, the first Avenger, had a lot of comedy in it. And I think it's the same comedy that we saw in this movie. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. It it almost felt like a dry run for Joe Johnston, like a, a f- like a, a test episode that he did yeah. before doing Captain America, hmm. the first Avenger. And obviously, it impressed on the Disney people enough to consider him to make Captain America, the first Avenger. Like he was a well, that was one big part. The first Avenger would have been made before Disney bought Marvel. Okay, then. The MCU, I guess, at the time. But there's like, definitely, but, there's no way, yeah. like, when Joe Johnston, like, put his name in the hat to make yeah. Captain America, they, he, they definitely were like, oh, he made the Rocketeer. That's yeah. basically this. Yeah. In, I, you know. Uh, yeah. Not basically, yeah. you know, they're not, like, exactly the same, but they have a lot of the same stuff I, going on. I'll be honest, when I chose this movie, I also thought it was, like, a Western time movie. <laughs> I thought it was, like, the, the cowboy <laughs> kind of feel set, to it. You like, thought it was, like... Will Smith's Wild Wild West. Like Almost like that Bug era Western sort of thing. nonsense, yeah. Um, so so Wild Wild West, but lo- some guy has a jetpack and that makes him unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, it makes more sense than anything in Wild Wild West. Don't even start me. Listen, Wild Wild West. <laughs> we, no, no, we're not going there. No, 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 no. Uh, but yeah, I look, I enjoyed this movie. I don't think I'd, I'd go, oh, I'll definitely watch it again. It's not on the cards, but it was a fun time. I think kids would have a great time watching this. I think um, families would have a good time watching this with their kids because yeah, I think yeah, there's a little bit of naughty Maybe, humor in there like, as well. But if, it's you know, it's it's hard now because like Tony Stark exists. Superhero movies <laughs> exist now properly yeah. with a lot cooler and more like hyperly advanced things happening in them mm. than a guy with a jetpack in 1938. I don't know. Kids, like, I think if you're looking for something to just kind of take a step away from all the MCU crapola that's, you know... And you've got a bit of an era thing as well. I know know, MCU this era as well, Yeah, I feel like this movie, there's, you know, it probably has a lot of, like, really intense fans. Yeah. There's probably people who are, like, super into this. I mean, look, anyone who's a Pulp Fiction fan... 
would love this like not Pulp Fiction yeah, the not, movie not the Quentin yeah. Tarantino movie yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you'll be bitterly disappointed yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> there's, a, there's your takeaway for this The Rocketeer kind of like Quentin Tarantino's Pulp Fiction yeah absolutely that's yeah. that's exactly what we're saying no doubt um, but Owen what are we watching next week well do you remember what I told you to keep in mind earlier yeah I said Aerosmith right yeah, yeah. Go on. Can you extrapolate from me saying Aerosmith? What movie could that we're be? Doing potentially a planet that's in danger and it there needs to be, be saved. I maybe Is it, it needs potentially some sort of oh, comet. Maybe doing may, something. Maybe it needs to be saved by a plucky crew of angry miners. Huh? I mean, oh, imagine. You know? But wouldn't it make more sense to make astronauts learn how to mine things? You shut the fuck up, Ben Affleck. <laughs> Folks, if you don't know what it is yet, we're we're I doing no 1998's <laughs> Armageddon next week. Yes, all right. Yes, That's what we're doing. I love this movie. It fits in everything, and I really want to watch it oh. again. So we're doing yeah, uh, Armageddon. Oh, look, if we're gonna do that, um, I already have an idea of the movie after I want to watch. We'll talk about that when it comes. But yeah, oh, I love this movie so much. Yes, I'm go. excited. I'm happy. That's, um, but yeah. yeah. That's it from me, folks. Uh, please uh, like, subscribe, follow us on social media, share us to friends. Um, I, I Just as a side thing, I really liked our last two episodes. I think we're doing more of a talky things about the movie rather than following the plot exactly. And I have a few friends, and my, even my brother said like they really enjoyed last week's episode. So I think this is the way to go. Less plot heavy, more talking about the movie. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think, like, yeah. we talked about this. The, the what the hell is going on section was never... It wasn't planned. It wasn't supposed to be like just yeah. us explaining the plot step by step. Yeah. I think maybe it started as that until we got a bit more comfortable with, yeah. with the whole operation. But um, yeah. we're trying So it'll be a bit of a change. We'll still talk about scenes and stuff. Don't worry. Like you'll, We'll vaguely describe the plot. But look, if you want the plot, watch the movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But that, that was it for me. Um, Owen, say goodbye. Uh, ta-ta. Ta-ta. <laughs> Asher Lowe. Super Grant! <laughs>